I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian and writer Dane Baptiste, my producer friend, Howard Cohen, a.k.a. Hizza. Hello! And Ophé on the decks, currently in absentia due to some technical issues. And it makes a very special guest pose the questions that need to be asked. We're talking everything from fatalism, nihilism, to existentialism, to pop culture. To, to why are they bringing out a bloody Spider-Man uh, film when they haven't done the new Marvel film? Which which one? You seen they brought out a Spider-Man trailer for the Homecoming too, right? Yeah, but the Marvel we haven't had the Marvel from Spider-Man's dead. Wait, oh, like from Infinity War? Yeah, I guess it'll make sense in there. Ah, it's just spoilers, mate. They're spoiling their own films. The Infinity Gems can do many things, Hizzo. That's the thing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, but these are the type of questions that need to be asked. I've interrupted our our, our musical um, backdrop. I just faded it out. I thought you guys are being. Interesting. Oh, no, so I thought I'd just get rid of the. We haven't, music we haven't so got to, we haven't got to your intro yet. That's oh, why this so is. We can, bring it, we can bring it back. I'll slink back into the background. Yeah, we'll bring it back. Um, yeah, we get a bit loquacious on this uh, podcast, but uh, with that in mind, uh, on today's show, our guest is an acclaimed spoken word poet, hip hop recording eyes, and actor. That's not the right one. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> although those, those technically, that, I, I mean, you're, you're a few of those things. I'm a side. I'm a side. I'm gonna go through those things. <laughs> Although having a beatbox to like underscore that intro would have been great. That's fine. I don't think they took you reading through them to even notice. Yeah. Well, no, I was dead. Who is this like, guy? Spoken what we word, poet, hip hop recording yeah. artist, and actor. And I was like, oh, I so I ha- this I is the same guy. Things. Exactly. But yeah. those are not what I'm known for. No, we'll, we'll go back to the original <laughs> thing. <laughs> Fuck, believe, believe in yourself, Darren. Yeah. Right. Do you know what? Yeah, I can be anything I want. Can we, can exactly. we have the beat back? Can we need the beat back Bring for the your own bio? We'll introduce the guests. I, oh, I have to make a new one. Okay. Go for it. Um. On today's show, our guest is one of the UK's most extraordinary live performers. He kicked off his career by winning the UK Beatbox Championship two years in a row. For years, he has performed in amazed audiences at live nights, festivals, and even TED Talk conferences. He's collaborated with greats such as Tim Minchin, Jack Black, Reggie Watts, and Fatboy Slim. And in TV and film, he's worked on Impractical Jokers, Netflix The Characters, and even Beavis and Butthead. He's a true legend in his field. Introducing Biddy Man. It feels really weird like doing music to someone just picking you up <laughs> with all your achievements. You and did, then it's, it's the end of them. Then it's like, and that's all. That's it. No, if you did your own achievements, then it'd be a lot more like, that's weird. But that weird. sometimes, yeah, you know, but it's all DIY. You know, a lot of people introduce themselves on the back of their own uh, soundtracks yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like there's a lot of pe- people that will now like uh, describe someone uh, pejoratively as being a shameless self publicist. I'm like, it's 2019. Like, we're all mm, we are shameless self publicists. When you publicize yourself by reinventing the start of our show with your own soundtrack, that's, that's no one's done that yet, Dane. That's no, one, like, no one has done that. And by that token, by you uh, actually creating that track, you give tacit agreement that we can use that. That's all we own all of that now. We own all of that now. Yeah. Be a separate yeah. discussion you'll be hearing from my lawyers. 
We'll see. I know your lawyer, and we, that's we, fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can deal with that. Uh, wow, thanks for coming. I mean, what? it's amazing. We've got, just listeners, that isn't what we normally do at the Star Show. We don't normally have a man bring incredibly complex equipment. It's a lovely uh, bit of kit you got there. Lovely bit Thanks, of kit. Thanks, mate, yeah. No, I've got way more complex equipment than that. You ain't seen nothing yet. This yeah. is a small part of my full rave live rig. But just because, right. you know, people won't have be seeing this because yeah, it's a podcast. Okay. You made that music in front of our very eyes with your I mouth. Did. I really did. Uh, this is a, it's a little looper sitting on the yeah. tabletop. It's about the size of a shoebox and it enables you to record your voice, record your voice, record your voice, record your voice. Record your voice. A bit like Ed Sheeran does, except for way less money. Yep. Yeah, yeah, way less <laughs> super rich. I'm glad, I'm glad I thought you said instead of anything else about Ed Sheeran, way less money was cool. Yeah. Ed Sheeran's cool. You can't dislike him. It's yeah, really annoying. I how think much so. You yeah, can't dislike him. You can't you dislike him. You can try. Him. Yeah, you can try. I think I've people... tried so hard to 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 dislike him. I can't. He's a mm. nice guy. He wears a great plaid shirt. Um, mm. Seems very humble. Like... Works hard. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him at a gig like years and years ago. I saw him at a gig in a uh, Shoreditch. I was in like a, a, it was like a kind of open mic night, and he wasn't on that night, but he was just there chilling. And it's always the same, always quiet, just focused, giving off a nice vibe, giving off a nice vibe. Just a, yeah. <laughs> no just drama. A, yeah. Can't hate on Teddy. Yeah, no. But he's cool. he's cool with like. It's so weird. He's like he's sort of like you can associate with him with anyone you want. Like he was sort of in the Taylor Swift camp for a while because he supported her on tour and then I think they were dating or something but he's also cool with the whole grime scene who all respect yeah. him like yeah, I like maybe would diss him for being pop but you can't even do that because he played three nights at Wembley Stadium with nothing but a guitar and a loop pedal so you have to respect that as a musician that's amazing I mean as a creative you, you say it, you have to respect that but I mean some people still won't I think even the fact that he is so affable and cool some people use that as a reason not to like him or well, because he's nice yeah, and they'll say he's just bland and vanilla, and people people always. But that's find that's that his thing, though. Is not yeah. you know he's not like he could like he could come out uh, on Wembley Stadium with you know a whole band like an yeah. orchestra and a huge backdrop and pyrotechnics, but he's like nah, just got my shirt and a, <laughs> and a guitar. <laughs> that's how he. That's yeah. what I mean. But I mean, you know, he started off busking, and uh, so does the same shit. Yeah, it does the same shit. Why lose, <laughs> why, lose, why lose a sensibility? I remember if it he works. used to do stuff with. Um, uh, Rob Broderick and Abandonman, right? Yeah, they yeah. They, they were pals. Yeah, they, they he supported him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I I I met him like twice back before he was utterly massive, um, right. and uh, both times he was just really lovely. So I can't I, I, can't, I thing, can't dislike him. Really I don't anymore. dislike him, but there's one thing I'll say. It was that when um here it is here it oh, is. What's the song again? <laughs> uh, Thinking out loud. Oh yeah. And when you realised it was going to be the uh, soundtrack to Every Wedding that summer it came out, <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake, Ed. And I had to kind of take a break yeah. because I was just... That's okay. That's okay. But that's not him. You know, songs, you know, they can become ridiculously enormous. And uh, once the mainstream get a hold of them, they can run them into the ground. You know what, though, is annoyingly, I can't even dislike his music. No, I, I, don't dislike, like, I don't dislike it. I it, was, like it, was it. Just, it was just a saturation and the overplaying of it. I was like, "How many I'm weddings gonna, did you go to that year?" A lot. Not, of no, hardly any. But it was just like, you. You just knew, and you see, and, and, yeah, and, and it'd be viral video after viral video. Of, do you like, wish you could do like, like, like take like a, release a stand-up album where that one track would get played loads at a particular kind of family event, <laughs> like at a funeral, <laughs> and then that would be like a good good dollar sort of you know on the publishing side. I mean, yeah, commercially that would be a great idea. But then I was think about my career and creativity in terms of what do you want people to shout at you in the street because so. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. that's what will happen you know if you get mm. big enough then it's people will tend to repeat your material back to you and yeah, you have to ask yourself what well, do i want people to shout at me in the street like does that later? happen 
Would you, do you get nah, stuff like I mean, that? I get, not, not necessarily stuff I say, but uh, any particular punchlines all the time. But some people remember stuff you said and mm. they might uh, say it back to you. I get, where's your beard? Because my stage name's Beardy Man. So I get, where's your beard? And what do you say to that? I've never got anything good. I've had, <laughs> yeah, I've had like 10 years to think of something good and someone's like, oh, it's in your mum's sink, which is sort of sounds like right. it's a good comeback. Because you would have shaved really. at hers because you had the top time to yeah, shave. Yeah, but why would I have? But by, by the time they've had a chance to think about whether or not it was funny, I've scarfed. Okay. I, um, yeah. <laughs> Probably time for a question. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there's no, I mean, it's the same as, tell us a joke. Well, what response do you give? Yeah. Mm. Are you a comedian? Go on, tell us a joke. Go on, just do one. Yeah, go on, do one for me. And just, yeah. yeah. I still haven't found the right, my favourite response for that yet. Fuck you. I mean, because then people are like, I'm just asking for a joke, mate. So, yeah. yeah don't get funny about it. Yeah. You can use that. And then they'll say that. <laughs> so. um, let's kick off the questions with, with one from our guest, as is traditional, Dane. Yes, uh, as our esteemed guest, uh, Mr. Beardy Man. MC Beardy Man. Mr. Sir, Sir Beardy Sir Beardy Man. Man. Sir Beardy. If, um, if you have received your honours. Uh, I'm just confident that I will. I'm confident as well. So, let's, so let's, 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 yeah. let's speak into existence. So, Sir Beardy Man. <laughs> I'm going to self-actualise. Yeah, exactly. As our esteemed guest, uh, you Dream have the big. floor to ask uh, any question you would like. Uh, and then we'll have a little chiggity chat about it. And mm. then Howard, our producer, the Hizzle, will ask mm. a question, which we'll have a chat about. And then I will finish with a question for you that we can all discuss. Nothing is off uh, is, the table. Is off the table. Well, the thing that's been preoccupying my mind of late is that Gillette ad mm. um, because it's divided the internet and uh, as hard as that is yeah yeah because <laughs> we live in such united times yeah, yeah, yeah. and this and then this Gillette comes along and suddenly <laughs> everyone's disagreeing <laughs> yes. but that's the thing they've come down very hard on the side of um, the, the toxic masculinity is is the the problem that must be stamped out and that Gillette are the ones to say it and so my question, I guess, is um, it, 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 are, are Gillette the ones to, to say it? That's a, that's a really like bland way of, of addressing the whole yeah. issue. I want to check, though. Are Gillette owned by like Unilever or Procter & Gamble? Probably. Yeah. So that's the first thing. So I guess that was... Mm. So what are they really trying to achieve? Is it a, yeah. is it a cynical what, what, attempt? What is Gillette trying to achieve with its new advertising campaign? Increasing their share price. Yeah, well, that, that, that is potentially... I mean, that could be part of it. I think maybe, you know, Gillette may be a brand that wants to appeal to a wider audience. So historically, I guess their uh, purchasing demographic would be your cisgender heterosexual man. And then with some of their lines like Gillette Venus would be for like uh, women as well. So maybe they're trying to expand that to a wider audience to, you know, I guess you know, bearded lefties trying to get them to shave or, or it could be, you know, yeah, trying to just try to push a larger, a larger community. But there I feel like... There's a lot of bearded lefty people to get to shave right now. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of beards, right? It. There's yeah, a yeah. lot of beards. And lot that's beards. a great market that we can tap into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only they felt, felt our brand, they something they could identify Especially with. a lot of feminists that don't want to adhere to like, you know, historic, um, I guess historic models of femininity like having to shave your armpits all the time and stuff mm. and maybe Gillette are like oh, you don't have to but if you want to then you can shave with our products but I mean here's a question yeah. just quickly to both of you do you shave like clean shave yeah not often not the, often. I do on I do on, only on the sides though I get very sensitive skin under my neck so I get okay. I used to get something called follicitis where if the uh, pores get uh, infected with bacteria and stuff then I kind of break out in spots and stuff yeah. it's not so bad now because I use a foil razor oh. do you wax your face ever? 
I tried it once. I used to dep- you really did? Yeah. <laughs> you really did? I used to depilatory, which is called it's magic nice. powder. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you mix it into like a little paste and it's, supposed to, and it's like, it's supposed to work like wax and it burned me. So yeah. Jesus. So no more. That um, sounds awful. I wasn't joking. I, I don't think anyone waxed their face. Now it's painful. It's something called magic powder. And it's, for a lot of men, obviously, of like, I guess, Afro-Caribbean heritage where your hair is a lot curlier, it means that when you are in a uh, climate where it's a lot colder, it means your pores are not going to be as open, which means when your hair tries to penetrate the skin, it causes razor bumps. <coughs> so an alternative would be to use what's called a depilatory, which is kind of like face wax. And uh, some people use it, but uh, it's very powerful. And uh, <laughs> I remember using it, the f- I used it once and I tried to like put off shape on it afterwards. And it was like, basically I set fire to my face. Sweet. So, Wicked. Yeah. Well, pain is just weakness leaving the body. There you go. But so. I asked that question to you guys back because I'm like, I haven't thought about shaving my face for the best part of a decade. And the other day, I thought my electric razor, which I trimmed my facial hair with, mm-hmm. uh, stopped working. It hadn't, mm-hmm. as in case you're worried. Uh, and uh, it was the first time I ever thought, fuck, have I got a razor that I could use to shave? Because it doesn't mean, to me, why would I shave my face? Like, what possible benefits would come from that? Whereas there was an era, I guess, that people grew up in where that was just expected of well, just Or well, as far back as Greek and Roman times, when you see, like, historic busts and stuff of grown men with shaved faces, it's because mm. there was more of a culture of androgyny there and for men to appear a bit more effeminate, which is where kind of the process of shaving faces came in. Mm. Do you think that the Gillette board have been reading the classics? <laughs> they've, been, they've, they've went around the British Museum and they were like, you know what? There is a historical precedent mm. of, um, you know, masculinity being subverted and we need to get on that action because that, that's where the culture's going. Just some Gillette exec wandering around the British Museum yeah. thinking, these guys look good. Yeah. Thinking they, um, the Greeks knew what they were doing. I mean, do they? <laughs> <laughs> so far as like, or economically, they may, may not say that. But yeah. I, I just think, yeah, it's, it, there is just a zeitgeist of of now is that people are having reflections and discussions about uh, toxic masculinity. And I think like Gillette, like any other brand that, uh, you know, is becoming aware of social trends, just want to capitalize on it. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm more focused on the message than the messenger, I think in that situation. So yeah, so far as, but even the message that they're putting across. So like, if you've seen the, if you haven't seen it, you got to check out this um, clip. Like, I don't know. I, I, I reckon like most, most most people in the world have seen it now. That's yeah, not, that's, and that's, 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 that's not true at all. But a lot of people, it's gone, it's gone viral enough for the discussion to, have, yeah. to for the discussion to have begun. And I think that's their main endeavor is to raise awareness for their brand. But so for those who haven't seen it, just like to briefly describe it, it starts off with um, this really really serious non ironic voice going, "We can't ignore it any longer." And then there's <laughs> like they show like a clip of Juliet the best a man can get and then this drone this horror drone continues underneath it as it goes and it's like <laughs> the bullying it just feels very poorly done it's like a sixth form attempt at well, like an awareness that's the, campaign that's the art yeah. form as much as anything and, and you know it, it's, it's amazing to think that such a complex message as the entire civilization and the way that we've built it up through male dominated ideas and Behaviorisms, patriarchy. The idea that you're gonna kind of critique that and overcome it in about thirty seconds of a fucking advert is mental. So no wonder they haven't achieved anything, really. Because yeah, because they show and they sh- at first they show a bunch of like bad clips, and then they've made some of their own where they've got like this long line of dads at barbecues 
ignoring some boys fighting on the lawn going mm. boys will be boys like you know with but dead th- eyes turning over burgers as these boys fight and you're like this is like a nightmare and mm. by the end of it they're showing what they want the world to be like and they've got all these you know people stopping fights going hey man that's not cool it's the and clip then- of the guy who's going to chat up the girl and his mate goes hey what the fuck are you doing which is a very interesting scenario because i think there's probably a lot of us who've experienced a man being lecherous over a woman and sexually aggressive yeah. and when i was younger i certainly didn't know I didn't feel obliged in a way to, to stop that I, I kind of wish now I had not that anyone, I know anyone who caused uh, you know physical hurt but that you know it would be overly verbally uh, forward in trying to approach a woman and now you look at people doing that and it's generally just not acceptable right you'd say that but this is the thing I, I feel like uh, to people like ourselves who are somewhat socially aware and have no cases pending regarding any kind of sexual assault or <laughs> At time, well, at time of record, at time of recording, I feel like there's a lot of aspects of like you know uh, patriarchy or, or male social etiquette that uh, you wouldn't even you know indulge, and and for me, I think there's a big part of the, the, the biggest part of I guess the toxic masculinity I can acknowledge is that like I would think well I would never sexually accost or aggress a woman, especially a woman I'm working with much much less. And then Felix, it's all right for that person to have to try and thrive in that environment when someone's doing that to them. But then you find out that these stories are continuing. Like you'd, you'd think, for example, that with the uh, just with the uh, <clears throat> we're just just having this discourse now on toxic masculinity and all these repeated instances of industrial like sexual harassment that you know people that were the perpetrators of this would at least calm down. They have not. Mm. This is the problem with it, right? Is that the idea of toxic masculinity is an interesting. Um, idea that's entered the zeitgeist now as a result of the Me Too movement, which is a result of people like Donald Trump and Jimmy Savile and these monsters, and you know to an certain extent Louis C.K. and all these other people. There's Harvey a Wein- long Harvey list. Weinstein. Yeah, we got a long list. Yeah, there's a long list of people who have all done different things with different shades of awfulness, and finally, the idea that women shouldn't be latched upon is now something that people are now talking about, Mm -hmm. which is good because for the first time, men are also going, oh, maybe we've been pieces of shit for like millions of years. But like, Mm -hmm. if Gillette say it, then it seems like an advert and now people will, it will fuel the cynicism from... Mm. From the the detractors, because of, it's of not the that idea. it's not that simple an idea to get across. It's not simple enough to say it in a thirty second advert. This is about looking at the behaviorisms and the attitudes, and also where are we going, like as as, as civilization, what are we trying to build, you know. And and it's obvious that that behavior is generally not resulting in a lot of good. Really. Yeah, I mean, that's look, the no, bottom line no, of it, right? No one's no one's de- like debating whether or not men need to stop being horrific lectures and, I mean, and the some, idea some that people, violence so, is bad. Like, is, no some, some, that, no right? the thing is, some people are. This is, this is, this is, and this is the point. It's like, it's, that Gillette it, thing's not going to change their mind. Oh, not at all. But, then, but, like, Gillette, yeah. the, but the Gillette, um, for me, that's a, is, is, that is just as earnest as like an advert for Bacardi that says drink responsibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's like, I just don't think, I think anytime we try to uh, elevate uh uh, corporations or multinationals, as, as uh, you know, some bastion of social commentary, you're always going to feel disappointed. It's like exactly if it had come, if that had come from a campaigning group, um, who were like, you know, a feminist campaigning group, you'd be like, that was a powerful piece. Yeah, it was a bit ham-fistedly done, but um, fair enough. But it didn't. It was an attempt to sell razors, and that undermines the message. Yeah. That's the thing. And so, it, and it, you know, it'll make the sort of right-wing people who hate the whole idea of of you know feminism in 2019. 
it, it gives grist to their mill. Yeah, and so, that's and, my problem. And send them to Wilkinson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wilkinson's must have been delighted. Wilkinson, the choice of the right wing yeah. cisgender man. Yeah. Wilson, <laughs> I don't know what their slogan is, but I'm sure they're going to create some horrible yeah. blokey slogan. Save it. It's all right to like birds and all. Okay. <laughs> Still all right. Save it. The birds love it. Yeah, birds yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love your face. Cheers, darling. <laughs> but it is, it is fascinating, and, and you're right to bring it up, and you're right to feel. I think you're also right to feel a little bit awkward to bring it up because I... Well, I'm terrified of being misunderstood because it's so easy now. for like Just to be clear, my problem with the Gillette ad is that it's rubbish and it makes light of an incredibly serious issue. And it's not trying to make light. It's just that in trying to be so serious, it ends up being really funny. Mm. Like, I, was, I literally was in like laughing uh, at my grandma's funeral a lot so was my brother and my sister because it was so quiet in there and everyone was doing this like because they're jewish and it was like there was a lot of prayer in a language that i don't speak spoken very fast and it just sounds like everyone's going <laughs> it really does i find yeah, inherently funny so, was, um, so we were laughing but it wasn't a funny occasion but so that's the thing yeah. it's, that's where that's why Most it makes me laugh because it's too serious yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll as, as a piece not the issue the advert itself yeah. was I too mean, like... What, what Gillette could do maybe, I guess, instead is, I guess, you know, donate to, like, shelters and and uh, women's mm. charities and, I know, maybe finance women. Or maybe finance stuff, like, you know, where you have people doing uh, vaginoplasty. I mean, there's other ways for them to do it, I, I suppose, as well. And, and I guess if, if for those who are cynical, then I guess the rebuttal would be for... If Gillette uh, do care about issues of uh, gender identity put or your gender... Money where you're put your money where your ad is, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. That's a big, I mean, we've nailed that subject. That's a big statement at the end there. I, I do also just think, in the end, if you want to get fucked off by things, as the internet constantly proves, you will. You will. Of course. Oh, oh, <laughs> no matter what. And, and you, you know, because Gillette have the Venus line and stuff as well, it would yeah. be great for that to be, you know, for them to maybe provide feminine hygiene products for like for, uh, public schools. Because that's something that women don't have access to. Mm. And the fact that they need to ask for that would could, would arguably contribute to the uh, execution of toxic masculinity. Mm. So maybe that's one way Gillette could help out. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Gillette, stop. if you're listening, mm. stop preaching to the choir, Gillette, and put give put more money in good causes, you soulless corporate bastards. Well. Yeah. It was a good question in the end. You, I know you were concerned. I'm still concerned. No, I think you're <laughs> safe. I think you're 100% backlash. safe. No, because that's the thing. Or, or more more appropriately, you're never safe. As, as you said. <laughs> right? But that's the thing. You're, nev you're never safe. You're because never safe. You're never safe. And I, I think once people embrace that, then uh, yeah, it'd be fine. Like, I'm, I'm just not really afraid of a backlash because, I mean, if you have not, haven't done anything wrong so within, you know, under, within a legal framework, then yeah. not much can happen to you. And, I just, and you know... I, Speaking from a cultural experience, you can be literally or figuratively crucified for doing nothing anyway. So yeah. I have I have nothing to lose. <laughs> it's MLK Day today. Really? At the time of recording. So if that's uh, any that should be a big indication that you can still be pursuing peace and harmony and still be shot in the face. So yeah. you might not make it to the mountain top with us, Darren, but I probably won't. <laughs> Drowning in a but sea yeah, of Twitter no, comments. Be like, Me there, too, motherfucker. But there is a dream and that, it, that has to be con to, mm. have to continue with the dream. Yeah. I just want to qualify just what I'm saying so I don't descend into a spiral of, of paranoia and fear. I'm 100% with the Me Too movement. <laughs> 
and I'm just that's not what I was saying. It's just he's not worried in any way. Yeah, not concerned in any way. No, you're saying you're per- you you said nothing in that in that. If anyone's got any issue with that, they come to me. Come to me. I'll fucking yeah. deal with it. And I also think that, you know it doesn't matter what you say anyway because like you know your disposition will permeate into what you create. Mm, exactly. So people will have context. My disposition's dope. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's time for another question. Because we have Sir Beardy Man, do you want to, can we have an interlude? Sir Beardy between, Man of the Patriot. Give, give us an interlude between, between questions. Okay. The white cisgender male anthem. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> We've never had anyone who. who, who I mean, it's. I, needed, I wanted to hear the anthem because I always thought it was the Four Seasons. So. <laughs> um, my my question. <laughs> my uh, my question is is it's, it's focused on our on our guest actually, uh, and he's brought his incredible equipment, uh, which which allows him to manipulate his voice in in a, in a masterful way. Mm-hmm. And and you've. Uh, been doing this for way over a decade now. Very successful. Your your name is Man and Boy. Man and Boy. And 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 the thing that obviously, uh, unless I'm mistaken, that kind of kicked you off was 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 um, beatboxing. Boom chicka boom. Yeah. Boom chicka boom. Which is which is this thing right now. Yeah, but I quickly discovered that. Um, beatboxing just with your mouth is just beatboxing with your mouth and then I was like oh, I should get a machine that enables me to loop my voice and I did and then I was doing that so that actually leads perfectly into what my question is really which is, is, is what <laughs> I was talking to my mother uh, and she was like oh you're going to record your podcast and I was like yep yeah, mum 73 year old Jewish woman shout out to my mum shout uh, out shout, shout out to Barbara Cohen and um <laughs> they got Barbara Cohen B-Town <laughs> and uh she was like, I was like, oh, there's a, there's a, you know, a gentleman coming on. He's a nice man. He's a, he's a beat, beatboxer among other things. Uh, and I, I, and I tried to start explaining to my mum what you do and what it is. And I made me think that's quite an interesting question. What is, what is this? Has she heard of beatboxing? Well, she's everywhere really, now. <laughs> but she doesn't really understand. <laughs> doesn't really understand. And I kind of was trying to say, I was going, well, it is, it is music, but you bring such comedy to it. This isn't How- funny. This is serious. <laughs> this, right? <laughs> Funny. Nobody laughed at that. I smiled. We smiled in joy. Right, well, because we're witnessing you do it live, which is absolutely ridiculous. Watching a man create this That's in not front ridiculous. of your eyes. It's very, very Amazing. special. It's very, this it's very next level. Check, right, check this one out. It's <laughs> not funny. No, That's that wasn't serious, funny. Like, that, that was you know, pretty. That was you pretty intense. That in a club but, but how, do you, how do you explain what it is that you what you do? That, that's I suppose what I my try question. Not to. Really, because mm. you can do. And then it sort of takes the magic way. It's like if a magician did a trick, and they're like, now let me explain how I did it. Do you, remember, then, do you remember the Masked Magician? 
What's this guy? Oh, the, yeah, the guy who revealed all the secrets. There was secrets. this phase where this, oh. yeah, this guy was revealing all the secrets about like how you saw a lady in half. No, I, I guess the, the guild got to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, made he, and, he, yeah, he, <laughs> and he disappeared, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, got, he got wandered. <laughs> but, but you understand where this came from. Talking to my mother, trying to explain to her what it is. Because it, it's, it, it's, ent- it's just for your mum. It's, it's entertainment, right? I mean, yeah. it's entertainment, but it can well, be really funny. I've, I've seen it you do... It can be painful. It can be, you know... <laughs> but, It's beautiful. Oh, it's lovely. I'm gonna get hounded on Twitter. <laughs> People who don't like what I've got to say. I will protest and say I'm an even-minded fellow, a centrist by nature, but they'll just say no way. (laughs) (laughs) They'll say you better watch what you say, say, say today. Watch what you say. Never know how things you say are gonna be construed Cause it's 2019 and everything you say sounds rude Cause there's no in-between And let me tell you, dude If you have an opinion You best keep it to yourself You'll be hounded down on the internet And it's bad for your health They'll be knocking at your door They'll be pricking in your windows Before you know They'll be wind, wind that blows Cause you got holes in all the glass Cause you can protest all you want But people don't even ask You better watch what you say Cause it's 2019 You better watch what you say The internet's coming for me You better watch what you say Cause there's no in between You better watch what you say Or you're gonna be cancelled on the internet And you'll never work again (laughs) End of song (laughs) <laughs> it's beautiful <laughs> thanks that's beautiful you think that would help uh, Barbara understand what is that <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, did, I went off alright no hang on for Barbara um, beatbox is the art of um, saying boots and cats without any of the vowels that's the whole of it alright and then right. you can uh, this is called a looper it allows you to go that's all you need to know right. and I'm some dickhead who does that for a living it's, it's, a, it's a living, so don't. It, it can't be a dickhead. I, I think it's cute. <laughs> I mean, comedy no, is exactly the same. Career, I'm also quite a dickhead some of the time. Not all sure, time. but that's not necessarily time. directly related to this. But the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not Can't, directly. No, <laughs> it's not. Gonna, it's not exclusive to the to the art. Apart from the fact that people like myself who can't use a looper, watching you doing that so deftly is is you a. Could use it. Uh, no, uh, um, just, just give it a go. <laughs> just say anything. I'll start it. What should I say? I say, 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 I say. Sounds like it's saying class A over and over again. Exactly. It depends how people interpret it. Yeah. Yeah, that's art. But the but the the thing that made because when we were growing up, it was it was it had not blossomed as an art form in the way I I think because what beatboxing beatboxing as an art. I mean, at least in the culture I was surrounded by, nobody. It wasn't something that people. 
experience, though. For me, it's, it, I mean, you do, you, you have some people beatbox and it all. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Be the, uh, the kind of um, the cafeteria table kind of beat that you would start. Or was, mm-hmm. was kind of quasi, which sounds, 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 like, sounds like the God break. If I got like a pen or something, I probably can do, to do it. He's got a pen. It's 2019. Or, or, or a stick. Uh, a stick. Use your nails. Oh, yeah. We'll do that. He's got it. This is great podcast. That's what you'd normally do is that you'd make this little snare. I'm not really sure where to go from there. No. It's quite, but, quite lame. But, the, but uh, I mean, not only because of the, the sonics of it, if you put that through some proper processing. But the, yeah. the, 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 the nature of it back then was so, there was such a limited audience. And now, I, you know, I was walking through central London the other day and this guy had like packs of people just with... Oh, just, by Oxford Circus. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's loads, there's loads of beatboxers now. It's, it's, it, a, it's a real community. And as I was going to say, it wasn't, it wasn't as common, it wasn't as, I suppose, accepted. I don't know. Uh, and now yeah. it's become something... Part, no, yeah, it's, sure. mad. it's mad. There's been like, so, yeah, when I started, there were maybe like a hundred people in the world at all doing it. Who's and the king? Was it, is it Razel still? Razel. In my view, yeah, because he was the originator. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the guy who could do, if I remember correctly, well, he claimed to be able to do two things at the same time. The chorus at the same time. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Singing and beatboxing at the same time, which he could, it was kind of like an audio illusion. He just chose, you know, the right kind of flow f- songs to do. That meant that the letter P comes on the beat and the letter T comes on the beat. So ah. you kind of you got separate brain areas that deal with processing speech and processing non-speech sounds. So right. you kind of you hear what that's how our brains process sound is you hear things that aren't there and you you mm-hmm. don't hear things that are there and it's it's all very kind of is there, is there a top five uh, beatboxes? Uh, yeah, no. Right, so now there's like thousands of amazing oh. beatboxers who cool. have all learned from sort of my generation who were learning from Razel, who, was, I mean, yeah, back then it was only Razel, this guy called Kenny Mohammed, who, who made this beat that was like, like this noise, which is an inwards, mm-hmm. ingressive mm-hmm. sound. But it doesn't sound like it. So he innovated that. Razel kind of innovated the idea of going, which is, uh, yeah, you know, he contributed bass. That. People wanted mm-hmm. bass. <laughs> I actually stopped doing that noise for a while because um, it gives you like polyps on your, on your gullet if right. you start doing it. No. Yeah, so I went to this ENT specialist and he stuck a camera up my nose and down my throat and he gave me the DVD of the, the journey that the camera took <laughs> going down my throat. So I used to play that at my shows as I was beatboxing. Nice. But yeah, that's a really, it's a really dangerous sound. Why, why, why is a specialist called an yeah. ENT instead of a sinus cavity? Or s- like, in, mm. in nose and throat. 
Yeah, but it's, which is a sinus cavity, right? But how come it's not just called know. one thing? Good question. That's, that's another question. That's, that's, that's a great question. We should explore in depth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean, answers, that, I mean, that area is obviously largely responsible for producing the beatbox. That's technically the sinus is just that bit there, the sort of nasal cavity, isn't it? Yeah, but depending if you're phlegmy, it will have an effect <laughs> on your beatbox, right? Well, I think the ear, nose, and throat guys they they go all the way down to the the nape yeah. of the neck. Oh, yeah. But that that <laughs> so if someone wants to steal your music, they'd have to, that's the part of the, your body they have to remove. So it's yeah. all, the, all up to the snape of the neck. The snape. You're not considering that, obviously. Oh, well, no. <laughs> Removing your entire track here for science. Maybe. But the, <laughs> but the rise in popularity is fascinating. And I, I kind of chart one person who, who wasn't a beatboxer, but was a magician, much like yourself, Sir Beardy Man, uh, which was Mr. Winslow. Michael uh, Winslow, yeah. From Ooh. Police Academy. He's a kooky dude. Well, who, who obviously... There's, I mean, to anyone who doesn't know who we're talking about, you need to go back right now and you need to watch the have, have, first two Police Academy films. Mean, yeah, if you, want, if you want to watch a film about seeing bumbling police officers where like black guys don't die as a result <laughs> of which, <laughs> <laughs> then you should uh, go back and watch the, yeah. uh, the, first, first, two, the first, first two Police Academy. The first two are pretty Academies. great you know, yeah, films really great. of that era. And there was a character in it called Jones mm-hmm. who could amazingly dictate what happened in the world based on his use of uh, his voice. And then he became a star. And continues to do it today, man. He's always yeah. in it. He's always at the French Festival. He was on a chat festival. show, killing yeah. it on a chat show. Wasn't he doing Jimi Hendrix, wasn't he, at one point? Yeah, at one point, he was packing out enormous places yeah. doing the shtick. And it's quite incredible. I saw him at the, um, the jazz cafe and he did a whole scene from Star Wars just with his... You know, he played the scene from Star Wars, but, um, but he did the whole soundtrack to it. And he had like a little distortion pedal and a, and a delay pedal at his feet. But that was all he needed. It's, yeah, it's so brilliant, man. Yeah, so yeah, he was the first person ever to sort of do that. And get it, I think... Well, get not it. the first person ever. There were people before him that had done similar things, but he was the only person that had done it to that degree. I, I like he, the idea that he's on TV or he's like, and someone's at home being like, I was doing it way before. Remember, darling? She's like, yeah, sure, dear. To you. That was pretty solid, Dane. I haven't got any of that. I haven't got even got the... That, that's pretty good. That was, that's, that's that's good. But Every kid sort of grows up doing one or two noises that everyone's like, stop it. Yeah, mm. pretty much. He, he never had anyone to tell him to stop it. He grew up on an army base <laughs> and uh, there was just no one to play with. So yeah. he just spent all his time. And it's a lot easier to you know hone that over the sound of gunfire. So <laughs> yeah. I think people got you know, watching out for other sounds. So, But it's such a mm-hmm. it's such a fascinating form of entertainment because like I say, you know, obviously I, I've, I've seen clips of you. I had a great video of you at Best of All. Uh, I mean, there's many clips of you on the internet. There are. But there's one of you at Best of All absolutely coming out and just destroy it. The crowd are going fucking crazy. Oh, they destroyed them. I mean, genuinely, that clip. (laughs) We'll share that clip because it is is, is perfect. But it's interesting because that's in a a, a music environment. But I've seen you do things where you make people laugh. I've seen you you on um, John Bishop's TV show and you you were being very entertaining and musical but still making people laugh. So... I don't know why people keep laughing at me. I'm a very serious musician. <laughs> but that's really quite a fascinating thing. It's difficult, <laughs> difficult to be able to do both of those things. Do you know what it was though? Is I never meant to do like comedy. I've always loved comedy, but as like a viewer of it. And then I started beatboxing mm. and like everyone was really into it, but I was the only one who was finding it really funny. And I was like, hang on, this is really funny. <laughs> I'm basically going, I'm blowing raspberries and no one's laughing. So I just started sort of, occasionally I'd sort of stop and be like, you realise this is my job. And then everyone would realise that it's, f- it's fucking absurd. Mm. And then I sort of go from there and just do all manner of weirdness. And obviously it can entertain thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's something inherently funny. Like I'll sort of sometimes I'll, I'll go in on sort of practicing because there's all these amazing new kids out who are beatboxing with these unbelievable noises that are just unhuman. So I'll try and unhuman, inhuman, non-human, and I'll I'll start trying to emulate their noises and getting really into it, and then I'll just crack up laughing because I realise how seriously I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> this big sort of screw face on and I'm like this is really silly yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just really silly which is it's, it's, it's the enjoyment of it because you, I mean you're not taking it too seriously like comedy and just gives you more breadth to kind of create new sounds anyway because I guess the first mm. time someone even heard your most basic beatboxing pattern they'd be like that is not music and they've been proven wrong, you know. Yeah, my grandma used to say that. She was, she was like, it's lovely what you do, Darren, but when are you going to do some music? <laughs> so, yeah, my mum felt the same way comedy for a very long time, so it's fine. <laughs> but your brother does music. He, he's music musical man. Yeah, my brother's amazing. He does, um, <clears throat> at the moment, his main focus is children's shows, fa- family shows. Um, so he's like, he's touring the country doing this this um, family show. For, it's called Jay Foreman's Dis- Disgusting Songs for Revolting Children. Perfect. And I took my kids to see it the other day. It's amazing. He's brilliant. I mean, I know I would say that, but it genuinely is. I'm just really proud of him. It's really funny. Uh, we, believe, we believe you wouldn't necessarily say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, no, um, he also does these educational um, videos where he does these kind of mad, anarchic, joke-filled, but highly informative hmm. um, edutainment documentaries about extremely dry subjects, which are mostly to do with... Um, incomplete infrastructure projects in and around London just <laughs> <laughs> to make them really engaging and wow fun. and they're doing they're doing really well that's mm. good so, and that's a, that was a very interesting premise see and in ways of why yeah you can't take any of this shit too seriously because you can take a subject and flip it as such have you have you collaborated together for a tour or anything you and your brother uh, we come from very different sort of um, approaches to mm. things so whenever we try and collaborate it normally goes wrong like he's he's extremely methodical and likes to plan everything down to the letter and like when you see him laughing in the middle of a song he's planned where he's gonna laugh hmm. and it, don't it, give it away you're like the masked magician don't do no, that no I know <laughs> no but it's like deadly effective yeah that's yeah. his thing is it's he's so brilliant I, I think people should know this kind of stuff it's so like when you see a comedian up there on the stage they may well have planned every movement of their face mm-hmm. down to the syllable, mm. every inflection, yep. studying like which inflection will make that joke land the best yep. like, at the rhythm of it. You know what I mean? So, mm. uh, but I tend not to do any of that. I just kind of improvise my way through life. Which has been remarkably successful. And I imagine it entertains your, uh, your, if you don't mind me saying you have children. Uh, I, I do have children. Yeah, and, and you might, they must be thoroughly entertained by what you do. Or have they not been subjected to it yet? Uh, they are determined to destroy me, but I won't let them <laughs> win. <laughs> They're not fans of, of a dad who can do that. That's I like... think kids are really that, that uh, enthused about what their parents do. It's never. It's always going to seem like they're just like, yeah, they're yeah, over it. Dad just does work. They're always yeah, over it. Dad's making like the best, you know, like you're saying fart noises at one point, like ever, like, and he can turn it into a song. Like, yeah. that's... But that's not novel for them. Right. So yeah. they're like, I'll be beatboxing away. <laughs> and they're like, daddy, daddy, daddy. What? Yeah, exactly. You they, know. Very, yeah. They come, we're very desensitized to the whole thing. Well, I think we've definitely got a clear idea for my mother what it is that you do. So I feel like you've answered my question, which is... What's your mum into? I think I should personalise the um, song for her. She, oh, let's... Uh, in, in terms of things that she likes or music. Yeah, so it, so it really hits home. Um, oh, God, what does she like? Um, she, she likes anything to do with France. She loves the French language. And uh, Italy, uh, uh, so she's a, you know, but France generally. She, she once lived in France. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. And... Um, Right, she must be really excited about Brexit. 
yeah. Yeah. In, in, in oh, no that way. hilarious topic. Mum, this, mum, I think mum, this is for you. If she, I'll make sure she listens to it. Although it doesn't feature as prominently as it has done historically, uh, as I'm sure we are all, we are all uh, by some extent, uh, hip-hop fans in the room. Mm. Um, so what I wanted to ask is somebody who has not only been a fan of hip-hop, but obviously tried to replicate their influences, what would you say the five pillars of hip-hop are now? <laughs> yeah, I feel like this will get you passionate. This is where the, the, the Twitters... Yeah, exactly. Destroy exactly. Me. You thought you were okay, okay with Fuck the podcast community up. thing. I had like the vestiges of a career until this podcast. No, nah, no, nah, you don't leave now. Cancelled in the hip-hop. Oh, what do you think about, you the, think about the culture now, Sir Beardy, man? Oh, my God. But is hip-hop still... Do people still beatbox now? Is hip-hop still hip-hop? Well, Surely like hip-hop that was was hip-hop that was, and now hip-hop that is is hip-hop that is. What do you think? It's, a, like, it's guys, definitely changed. I think we can agree on that. A trap, trap beats are like a necessary... I don't know if they're an element, but they're like a necessary ingredient. Like now it's kind of spanning out a bit, but eight, uh, you know, the 808, 808 sounds. Yeah. Like, I wish, without I wish, that, I I should give background to listeners that aren't aware is that yeah. hip hop as a culture uh, is... Obviously, it's quasi-religious and therefore has five pillars, which uh, are DJing, graffitiing, beatboxing, right? Mm-hmm. And then MCN and uh, B Boy breakdancing, B Boy, B Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they, didn't B Boy used to encompass all that sort of to an more extent, or less, I guess, yeah, yeah, depending on how you construed it. So, yeah, so like then, you were a B Boy, therefore you did the five elements. But yeah. I think beatbox is always this kind of ancillary thing, wasn't it? The four elements, and then beatbox came well, five, in. Well, five, because then they said this ordinary sixth element is a uh, fashion. All right, yeah. Could According to the Source magazine, well, it can be seven. Oh, right. They can be whatever you want. That's the idea. It's anti-establishment. You can. Yeah. I think like massive blunts would have been massive like an blunts. unspoken one. But then some people like, were an- initially anti-weed. Like Chuck D is anti-weed. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's an interesting cat. Yeah, yeah, He's pretty he, like religious and like. Well, yeah. And yeah. being public enemy, he was like you know initially because he said because of some of the uh, more potent uh, hybrid strains and the effect they can have on someone's. Uh, Psychological uh, disposition. He's the kind of anti weed. He, he, That's he, fair enough, though. He actually went so far as to say he didn't want his voice to be sampled on uh, Notorious BRG's 10 Crack Commandments. Mm. So at the beginning, someone was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's uh, Chuck Dean. He was originally opposed to it because I believe that is from the song Shut Him Down. 
Hmm. And they sampled his voice and he was like, he doesn't want his voice to appear to be endorsing uh, drug dealing. That's beautiful though, because he's always been righteous. Like yeah, he's, so he's, he's always been, you know, lift, lift up yourself and exactly, get rid yeah. of so the, everything the bad. The modern pillars of hip hop that you, I think you're searching for, one would be um, show wealth. So you think um, wealth or materialism? Well, like, yeah, like display wealth. Display materialistic wealth would be a prime thing that I, like a great example of, uh, you know, like if we're talking old school hip hop and then you look at what the new world of hip hop looks like, kind of Rick Ross's world kind of explores mm-hmm. a lot of that to me. And, and that's not to say I don't respect some of the music. Like, that, that would be ridiculous to say yeah. his music doesn't sound good at times. But, like, the fucking <laughs> message, like, that. No, he, he had the, he's part of that song uh, about the car, which, <laughs> what's the car? begins with B. Sports uh, car. Oh, the, the Bugatti. Bugatti. You talking yeah. about the, I woke up in the new Bugatti. Yeah, that's yeah, all. yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> oh, that's, well, it's more Future that's the hook on that. So that's Future, uh, Rick Ross, and I want to say... And Ace Hood. But Ace that, that track, or just so, there's so many tracks to pick from where it's just like, basically, all he's really telling you is how rich he is. Not... He, I don't remember... Well, what, yeah, it's the thing. Is, it, is, it, is that part of aspirational aspect of it come from uh, street culture and yeah. the fact that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of elements of street culture now are parts of hip-hop. So, you know, whether it is the trapping, which mm. now become a genre unto itself... Or you know, yeah, the, the kind of drug, the drug dealer lifestyle. So yeah, I I'd mean, say yeah. I wonder if the the, the this is going to lead us back to Gillette, but the treatment of women and how your attitudes to women, yeah. women are would be something that would be. I find that fascinating in my life because, like, I, I, I'm I'm a I don't know if people, listeners know what I look like. I'm a middle class. Uh, lower middle class white Jewish man from London. I feel like Howard Cohen, Howard Cohen was indicative of that, but, but please carry on. <laughs> yeah. You have got the best name. Worked out. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> worked out. And the, everything I've said over the last 24 fucking episodes, I'm that guy. So when I listen to Ghostface Killer or the Wu-Tang Clan, I can't tell you that I particularly, I love the music, but I can't particularly identify at times with the message. But why would the, you know, display of wealth be a, an element when like you know there's always there's always been like threats of violence and lyrics but that's never been a pillar mm, yeah. of the that's culture that's argument. just like i don't know who am i to say all, all i know is that like i think quite a lot about this when like they'll be like oh this new really hot rapper on the scene and it's some dude he's okay, 19 you, years old and his face looks like a so for five uh, do you could you name five new rappers now do you think probably not yeah, just say, <laughs> say say Lil and then any yeah, word yeah, after yeah. that. And you'll have Howard, yourself? I can name the guy. That guy that I'm quite interested in is novelist. He's quite an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's more of a, I guess more of a grime act though, isn't he? Yeah, so that's. Do you focus on UK? Or? I am drawn to the UK because there's some interesting guys at the moment. Yeah, some interesting things. Uh, I do think just to complete the thought about the misogynistic thing is I, I listen to this music and then like we have a speaker in the office where we can listen to music together as a as a as a bank of desks and. Uh, I'd never find it <laughs> that I could like, oh, yeah, I'll just put this music on because it's just going to really offend. I think it's going to really offend a lot of people. Like that's that, and I don't know if that's a, mo- I don't think that's a modern trait or not, but I definitely think some of the more modern rap is really, really offensive to women. Yeah, you probably can't say the stuff that people used to put in rap songs in the 90s and you probably couldn't put that in songs anymore without receiving a massive backlash. I mean, you shouldn't be able to but then by the same token because now you have the explosion of online then people can circumvent like gatekeepers and put something out there anyway and uh you know but it would just, imagine if like if Eminem put out the kind of was it that song Kim 
Yeah, oh God, describing yeah. like at the end, it know, says bleed, bitch, bleed. Yeah, I mean they, yeah. that's not even the worst of it. There's a whole like, yeah, that's there's a whole it. scene of like you know graphic horror rap. He's got another song called uh, "Same Song and Dance" as well, where he's talking about abducting um, <laughs> starlets and stuff and tying them up and giving them drugs and stuff. What album was that? Um, was that back in the day or was that? No, recently? no, it's uh, is it was it, is it relapse? I think. Oh, so it's quite recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good uh, song because he's he but then because he's assuming a persona, so you know he's showing the like the 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 kind of scope of his creativity whereby he is imagining reimagining himself not just as Eminem or Marshall Mathers but as a you know serial killer and abductor like a Buffalo Bill character from like Silence of the Lambs and just dis- and describing like his actions. So he does it within context. So, but yeah, and so, you know he's joking. Well, that's the artistic good. expression. There you go. But then, how do how do you know? That's how artistic even well, immortal. But, like, but then, in more technique, in more technique is somebody who's you know uh, uh, very much an outspoken social activist, and he had a song called um, "Dance with the Devil," which again was massively graphic and described like you know acts of violence towards women and stuff. And I feel like again it was in context. Um, mm. Yeah. So far as like the uh, reason I brought up because I think one of the what seems to be one of the new pillars amongst contemporary rappers nowadays is uh, what's referred to as clout chasing. Yeah, yeah, where it's now about part of your uh, part of you increasing your profile and your popularity because I guess in some ways because of the commercialization of hip hop, it's become much a very much a popularity contest and aesthetic focused. But who you've worked with, who you've done collabs with, and, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and, and who co-signs you, and yeah. and also, but because you know we're in social media where you know your success is measured quantitatively, not just qualitatively anymore. Is that so a pillar like, or is that a tactic? Well, like this the thing is, it's a tactic, but as in, but people do it to the point whereby it's like you're not even considered credible unless you are doing something which is going to give you more likes mm. or going to give you more views. So mm. you look at somebody like most recently one of the contemporary rappers, Takeshi Six Nine. Mm. You know, or I mean, if not clout chasing, then trolling, where he would like try and kind of be have make incendiary comments about other uh, other rappers and stuff and show up in their neighborhood and stuff just to you know garner more controversy. But isn't yeah. that like it's the dark and light? It's like if the if the the five, six, seven pillars were, uh, were like the things that you strive for and the the techniques that you can hone, you know, like a like a kung fu movie or something. Um, you know, the the wisdom of the ancients. Then like there's also the dark side, which is beef. Mm-hmm. Um, like I guess like s- selfish one-upmanship. Um, you know, or like stepping on others to get where you want to be. These are all, you know, they, they've always existed, but they've never been like revered yeah. as pillars. But Maybe but they're the only things that you can see now because like yeah, breakdancing is not the thing. Well, and it's the most popular, does. most successfully commercial form of music in the world exactly, right yeah, now. Exactly, yeah, because I, I, yeah. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive to hip-hop, that you're one, one-upmanship and... Uh, that's everywhere. Yeah. That's just... That's just that's evil. A, that's the evil. Yeah, well, that's the zeitgeist <laughs> just of today. Just general yeah, yeah. evil. I just think maybe hip hop is more pronounced because there's more of, I guess, that more of a high plin or patriarchal aesthetic that goes with it. Which, when something gets uh, kind of uh, homogenized into like a a type of thing that we're trying to sell, yeah. as opposed to being something that at one point it felt totally. But it's organic. not just about. It's not about. I mean, if, if, if you go back to like the original, like first Wu Tang album, right? Didn't that feel? That you just you know no <laughs> nobody had touched this. This wasn't this. This might reach an audience. They didn't know that mm. it would reach such a massive audience. And twenty five years later, they'd be still considered yeah. gods in their field. And they weren't. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now, if you're trying to make a record as a aspiring hip hop act, you just want it to be a success, right? That's kind of and there's what I kind of feel that happens to all of music and all of media in some ways is that it's yeah. it's so driven by commercialization that it, it does. When initially it's yeah it's it's the aspiring for the quality in order to attract an audience so if you're a comedian now going to edinburgh for the first time i think your aim is not to be the funniest show that you can be 
your aim is to 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 play to the audience of Edinburgh and the awards and the judges in a particular way to try and garner critical reclaim. Yeah. And that's I mean, sad to say that. Depending on who it is, some people will pander to that audience. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm not saying viable. everyone's doing it. But, but some people want to do something that's good and, and you know, just create something a, that's going to define themselves or their artistry. So. Yeah, there's a big percentage yeah. who are literally trying to tick a certain format that is they're going to lead to their commercial gain. Yeah. But with hip hop now, though, like the only like uh, like hip hop artists, but would you even call it hip hop now? Who's like, like I, where where are the lines now? You've got all this like sort of emo rap stuff that's got elements of trap, and then you've got like all these like all we have to do is put an eight oh eight in there, and it sounds contemporary. Yeah, and then you know just do the kind of trap inspired kind of rhythms with the super fast hi hats and and you know all that kind of stuff. Drop you know musical dropouts and bring this stuff yeah. back and giving it that kind of feel. And you can do any kind of music with that. So now you've got this kind of emo stuff where people are singing. And first they were singing with auto-tune, um, like really heavy auto-tune, then that became a whole thing. And then you got the kind of the, uh, the sort of triplet time rap stuff. And by the time you got there, um, it's not really recognizable as, as yeah. like the sound that hip hop was in the early 90s. Um, and it's taken elements of everything that had come since. And so now I feel like we're sort of back to square one where it's just music again and there yeah, yeah. Any, i don't think there are any real sort of genres anymore it used yeah. to be that people were these sort of like genre nazis you put yeah. you'd, you'd put your genre in a box and that was your genre yeah. because you could only afford to buy one record a month yeah because they were expensive mm-hmm. so you had to sort of be really selective oh my god that's so unprofessional <laughs> Work it, look it in loop it in to... loop it in no. No, no, oh yeah okay. <laughs> that is um You'd have to be really selective about the music that you listen to because you couldn't afford to listen to that much of it. And then yeah. there'd be only certain radio shows that you'd have to sort of do your own shitty mixtapes of with your cassette player. But now you can just listen to anything you want. So it's just all this big musical mishmash and like That's an interesting no one listens point, to one thing anymore. So like, are there four pillars of hip hop anymore in a way that's as relevant? Because there used to be an underground. Mm. Like it used to be that if you wanted to listen to hip hop you had to go out of your way to find it or you had to listen to who's that geezer at that radio one show for years son westwood of, son of a vicar was never convinced yeah tim westwood, tim westwood yeah, yeah tim westwood no but like not he, one gray hair <laughs> deep into his 60s not one gray hair he's a special which guy. seems legit seems legit yeah. to me <laughs> he's yeah no he's like i don't know yeah but you had to sort of it was really hard to find drum and bass it was hard to find like hip hop it was hard to find um like techno and but now that is the mainstream the mainstream is just yeah you know mm. and even like big pop stars are still they're not as rubbish as they used to be like in the 90s you could have a yeah. completely manufactured boy or girl band too unlimited yeah but like what? <laughs> Sorry, my kid actually loves you, that song it's my deepest shame but like big, no big um song. <laughs> um, no Limits by Two Unlimited the worst song of all time is my kid's favourite song it is not the worst song of all time have you heard have you heard <laughs> have you heard <laughs> the Crazy out. Frog song or the I'm oh, Blue true. song or have you heard Macarena. Eurovision Macarena Macarena Eurovision uh, mm-hmm. yeah I'll mm-hmm. give Dane this I'm fast food today. fast food rockers it's not a great song I actually bought the Macarena on CD there you go because I think I got my first kiss to a girl or from a girl with a girl mm. at a girl <laughs> involving a girl. I don't know. Sounds, sounds like it wasn't after a girl. Me too. Yeah, um, after you shaved. Yes, uh, with um, yeah to that song. 
Nice. So it was very special to me. And then when I got, I think I then burnt it when I got into drum and bass. Been like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I put it on my wall, burnt. That's, that's so dramatic. <laughs> way, really dramatic. way dramatic. <laughs> 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 uh, She's a... <laughs> no, it wasn't about the girl. It was about the song itself. But yeah, we're, we're wrapping up. That was the wrap up sign. It was stop talking. Don't 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 ruin the illusion of me. The reason I do it as a sign is they can't hear. It's no because we've hit the, we've hit the time, and I think the the ultimate truth is that the times they've changed. They in the hip hop's yeah. not what it was. It's this new thing that'll be good for some people and yeah, not so good oh, for mu- music. Oh, maybe I'm just fucking old. I have a discussion with friends. I had discussion, yeah, I had a discussion with friends before. <laughs> when like you know, because it's, it's just like the typical cliche conversation about how bad hip hop is now. But then I was like, I remember uh, when the song by Wiley Eskimo first came out, mm. and I was like, how would I couldn't play this for my parents? They'd be like, what the hell is this? Mm. I even remember like playing a song, uh, a dancehall song, uh, by or something called a book, the Bookshelf Rhythm, which is like an instrumental, which a lot of uh, dancehall DJs who were the equivalent of MCs in a Jamaican music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember, and I remember my dad hearing that and he was like, is that supposed to be music? And I was like, oh, no, my dad thinks I'm a loser. But I had to, I guess, yeah, just, you just age out of certain sounds or... Possibly. Yeah, look at, yeah, no, Jamaican music changes faster than any other in the world. Oh planet. yeah, it's the fastest, yeah. It's, it's it, crazy. They're, but they're ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Uh, easily, I can easily say that. That's what I mean, I mean, technically, was it like, isn't, uh, uh, I want to say DJ Red Alert was, was it Cool Herc? Yeah, Cool Herc was of Jamaican descent anyway. Where you know in his yeah, house yeah, where yeah, yeah. hip hop started. So and when you think about it, it was instrumental and MC was talking about instrumentals, which is, still happens in dancehall music, mm. and obviously has influenced grime and drum and bass here as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, music has to change. Yeah. What was it? Someone said about I think it was Jello Biafra. I think I think it was him who said um, he answered some question. that was like, "Is punk dead?" And he's like, "Punk has to die so it can be reborn." I was like, "Yeah, man. I like that. That's nice. Okay. That's a nice way to wrap up <laughs> hip hop. Great way to dovetail it. Uh, yeah, we've we've had hip hop, uh, beatboxing, and um, emo, Gillette. emo, and yeah, and and me too as well. So it's it's all been masculine heavy." <laughs> it's fine. So, that's fine. It, so, like mean? I told you, that's baby Wilkinson man, swords. Fail. About subject, it could be anyone's interest. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. We haven't offended anyone. We, we, might have, offended. we might have, but I don't care. Very limited amount of people have been offended today, uh, but it's been good. It's been very good. It's been alright. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just uh, thank you again, Sir Beardy Man, for uh, being our esteemed guest. Please let uh, so the listeners know where we they can find you or hear some of your stuff. Find me on the internet. See you there. Love you. Great. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy if they search. Uh, yeah. Search my name. You'll find me. I'm there. Yeah. There's not 2019. Many just say it. Just say it in your man. kitchen. Something you'll hear. Yeah. Don't, don't ask about the beard. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> ask about the beard. Uh, do you, are you going to play us out with some old school hip hop? I think I think that feels like the only way, doesn't it? Really, I think it's the best way. Sure. I'll. Uh... You've been listening to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dame Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at Dame Bap Tweets. 
Our guest was Beardy Man. You can follow Beardy Man on Twitter at Beardy Man. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at the Howard Cohen. Thanks to Polly and Gelly. Subscribe to the show and please rate and review us on whichever platform you're listening from. Thanks for listening. And remember, question everything. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market